shout amen. amen. God is good. Father, we thank you. We're so incredibly grateful for your presence in our life. We're so incredibly grateful for your word. And we do not, we do not, we will not, we will not underestimate the power of the spoken word. We will not in our lives. We estimate the, 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 the power, the authority of the spoken word. We estimate it as valuable in the name of Jesus. We acknowledge it as being valuable. We will not underestimate or devalue the power of the spoken word. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit putting a watch over our mouths, over everything that we say, what we allow to come out of our mouths, how, how we allow ourselves to talk about people that have been created in your image. We speak truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth every day of our lives. Tonight, Father, we honor you. We thank you for the anointing on the word. We thank you, Father, as it's already been said, that that word is penetrating our hearts and liberating us in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen? So be it. God is true and he's good to us, is he not? Man, oh man, oh man. Mm -mm -mm. God is absolutely amazing. <clears throat> well, we're in our series, our theme of wealth and wellness. And on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about being well in a lot of different ways. And the title of my message tonight, as this has continued, is um, The Word of God is the Answer. The Word is the Answer to your life and my life, our lives. Uh, it is the answer to any and everything in your life and where your health is concerned, physically, mentally, emotionally, and in every way. Uh, the Word is the answer. The Word of God is the answer and has the answer for anything that we face. I don't care what it is. Don't, don't, uh, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, don't look for answers for being well anywhere else, first and foremost, than the Word. I'm not saying that there's not other things that we can draw from, but when you go to the Word to get information about being well, God will give you the plan about how to be well. The Word is the answer. Amen? I'm going to say it again. The Word is the answer for your life in every way. I'm going to tell you this tonight. People are not your answer. People do not have the answer for us. If I was here, if you were coming here tonight and I was just talking about some good information and some ideas that I had about life and those kind of things, it, you know, you could get a little bit out of it, but there's no answers in that. If I'm giving you my opinions, there's not answers in my opinion. If I can't back it up with the word, it doesn't work. Listen to me what I'm saying right now. I, I, this is really strong in my spirit as, as I was praying in the spirit before the service. Do not let people's ideas or even teachings 
that go against or contrary to the word that we've been talking about enter into your thinking and contaminate your belief system in believing God for health and healing. Do not let other people's ideas, teachings, or anything else that go contrary to what we've been talking about contaminate your thinking because it will hinder you from growing and increasing into this place of revelation. Like we've talked about for the last two months, it's the wisdom and revelation from God's Word that is the key. It's not just information. Information's good, but if it just stops with information, and then you create this plethora of information and 15 different ideas about what the Word says and, and ideas of other people that really don't believe that God has already healed us, then it will contaminate the way you have the ability to receive. God wants you and I receiving. The reason we come here all the time is to learn how to be on the receiving end of what God has already accomplished. When, when people talk about God's going to do something, well, you know, one of these days God is going to do something, God's already done it. I'm telling you again, God has already done it. He has already healed you. He is, if He's already saved you and all that was waiting was your choice to receive, then He's already healed you and it's you and I lining ourselves up under His revelation to be on the receiving end of what He said is true. Do not let other teaching affect and contaminate your thinking, thinking you're going to try to acquire health and healing. It doesn't work that way. You will not acquire health and healing. You'll learn how to obey. You'll learn how to make changes. You'll learn how to deal with your heart and change the way you view life in general. But you will not acquire health and healing by thinking it's going to come someday. It's already here. We have to learn to receive what he's already done. Do not let other teachings that go contrary to that. I'm not saying that what we're teaching here is the exhaustive study on health and healing. I'm just saying we are the healed, not the sick trying to get healed. I'm going to tell you again, you are the healed, and sickness and disease wants to try to take you out and convince you you don't have a right to be well. And you've got to process that and you've got to learn how to appropriate that thinking and apply it to your life every day by being a doer of that word. Every day. Um, I, I don't want to show hands on this, but I'm going to ask you this. I'm asking you, don't, don't raise your hand. I'm just asking you this question. Okay? So just answer it in your head. How many of you have a plethora of different scriptures that you confess over your life every single day. Don't raise your hand. Just answer it to yourself because I'm going to ask you another question. Okay, for instance, um, I'm going to read something that 
These, these are several things that I say over myself every day. Because then I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you say something along these lines. It doesn't have to be exactly like this. And it doesn't have to be as much as I'm going to read to you right now. But I'm going to ask you another question. So I want you, to, I want you to have this answer already ready in your head so you can answer the second question. But these are some of the things I say over myself every day. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. Now, I speak things like this over other people, my family, this church body, all of you here at different times, but I say this over myself individually. You need to say things over yourself. Don't, don't, don't think that you're being selfish by speaking the word over yourself because you're not. Don't just limit it to yourself, but speak the word over yourself. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. The life of God flows in my blood and cleanses my arteries of all matter that does not pertain to life. Me and all of my family are healed. Every organ, cell, bone, and system of our bodies are whole with no malfunction. We don't do cancer, strokes, heart failures, or any other form of disease. Everything is under the blood of Jesus. That's why we don't do those things. Because it's already been taken care of through the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? Every generational curse against me and my family has been stopped. Financial, physical, mental, and emotional were redeemed from every curse in the name of Jesus. As God was with Moses, so is he with me. My eyes are not dim, neither are my natural forces less intense or decreasing. Blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. And on and on and on. Now, I ask you the question, do you say something, things like this? These are scriptures put together, and I say these kind of things over my life every day, over your lives, over my family's lives, over different people's lives. I speak whatever God tells me to speak on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you do that, have you ever had a day when you didn't speak those? Now, you just answer yourself. Just answer, just answer to yourself if you've ever had a day when you didn't speak it. Or have you ever had a day when you didn't speak it when you normally do because something happened that day and it disrupted your flow? And so you went throughout the day and then toward the end of the day, you decided, you felt like God was saying, yeah, but you need to speak those scriptures even though you didn't do it this morning, I want you to do it tonight. And you begin to speak the word and all of a sudden, it quickens you, it revives you, it, it makes you aware. All of a sudden, you're walking around knowing that you're healed and healthy, and maybe during the day, because you didn't start the day with what you needed to start with, it tried to pull you down. I'm telling you, you can never underestimate the power of the spoken word. It actually appears so simple that people miss it. If it's not difficult enough, then it can't be that simple. But it is that simple, and yet, to be dedicated to speak that day to day, even when you don't feel that way, or when natural circumstances aren't lining up, to declare the word day to day, what happens is, the word that you speak begins to catch up with the things that you're expecting to receive. And I promise you this happens. I've seen it happen all my Christian walk. 
that when I stay true and faithful and I develop a belief system by the things that I say every day, my sowing of the word begins to be overtaken by the reaping of the results. My wife and I have seen it time and time and time again. I'm going to say this. We've been speaking on Sunday mornings out of Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word first and foremost. Most people, if you talk about sowing, they think of financial. But if you're not sowing the word with your mouth, okay, there's no potential for harvest. If you're a good farmer, if you'd have all this this grain that's set aside for seed and you never put it into the ground, it's not going to produce a harvest. You and I have access to these this Bible, and, and it's full of all this seed, but if we're not sowing it into the ground, into the ground of our heart through our ears and our eyes and getting it down in our heart, then it won't create a belief system and it won't create any type of harvest. You can never underestimate the power of the spoken word. Can you say amen? I just, I'm all about it. I'm all over it tonight. Because... If we don't teach these kind of things, people aren't going to just come up with ideas in Revelation. Things like this have to be taught from Revelation. And again, do not let teaching contaminate your thinking in your mind because there's a lot of it out there that don't believe in divine health and healing. Don't let it contaminate you because it will mess up your receiving. How many are in, in, in the receiving business? Huh? Were, were we not created to receive? Huh? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because the giving, the sowing, that part of it causes the harvest. I, I want perpetual harvest coming as a result of what I believe, not what I'm trying to make happen. Huge difference. So tonight... Let's look at our foundation scripture for the next few minutes. 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Uh, A couple of Wednesdays ago we looked at Proverbs chapter 4. And I want to go back there again. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. something was wrong my Wi-Fi wasn't on see if you have a paper bottle you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi huh there we go verse 20 Proverbs 4 my son give attention to my words Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. 
Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. So what we were talking about earlier, and I'm going to say it again, or or I I said it a, a couple of Wednesdays ago. When you you view the word from God's perspective, okay, is sickness an issue to God? What would you say? Is sickness bigger than God? I mean, is is, is there some sickness out there that he didn't intend to manifest and he, he has nothing to do? He didn't know what to do about it? So it's not an issue with God, right? Sickness is not an issue with God. So, as a result of that, based on this passage of Scripture and many others, but this right here, it's not a sickness issue, it's a word issue. It's a heart issue. It's a diligence issue. It's a protecting your heart and guarding your heart issue, based on what he said here. So, if we view it that way, let's read this again, verse 20. My son... Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to what I'm saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those that find them and health in the King James, in the margin of the King James, the word health there, well, it's actually, it's, it's, it's the Hebrew word for health. It's medicine to all of their flesh. For their life to those that find them and health and medicine to all their flesh. What is? The Word. What about the Word? The Word being before my eyes. If the Word isn't before your eyes, then what else is before your eyes? Yeah, everything. I mean, every every temptation known to man is before your eyes if the Word isn't. Again, again, what, what do I want developing in my life? Do, do I want any kind of wind of doctrine, any idea of mankind that comes along to affect the way I think from day to day, week to week, month to month? Well, last month I was believing for this, but this next month I'm believing for something else or it's changed in my thinking because I have no rock solid foundation of what it is that I really believe. And the only way, remember 3 John verse 2, our foundation scripture for the last two months. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, that you be well and wealthy. As your soul, your mind is renewed and your thinking changes. So as my thinking changes and I choose to put the word before me, you know, those verses of scripture that were put together that I was confessing earlier, as I was confessing the word, okay, I'm hearing myself say that, right? You heard me say that. You, you might have thought, man, that sounds good. Yeah, but you know what? That's not going to do you as much good as it is me if you don't take something and do something like that with it the same way for yourself. 
Because see, at the end of the day, I can tell you what the Word says and what I believe, but at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you believe, and if you're not doing the Word yourself and putting it before your eyes and your ears, at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you believe about every situation. When you lay your head down at night, I won't be there. Now, I could be there if you're playing some teaching. Somebody else could be there if they're playing some teaching and you're listening to the word and it's going in your ears as you're going to bed at night and you're falling asleep. That's the best way to go to sleep. I promise you, listening, you know, going to bed at night watching a movie where there's killing and destruction and you fall asleep halfway through the movie and you go to sleep and you meditate on that stuff the rest of the night, that's not the way to go to sleep. I'm talking about your ears and your eyes. Hmm? Watch the movie when you're awake so you can get through watching the movie and then watch a little word. (laughs) Listen to a little word and renew your mind from all the stuff that came to your head. Hmm? Yeah. Eyes and ears. He said... Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them, and medicine to all of their flesh. How does medicine work? Gradually, right? Have you ever taken two aspirin for a headache, and three seconds later it's gone? You take the aspirin, and it gradually affects it, right? When you take the word day to day, it gradually affects the way you think it, makes your thinking change, so now your thinking more and more begins to line up. You just can't quit, and you can't let other teaching contaminate what it is that you're listening to and what you're meditating on, because what you're developing is a belief system from God for you. I'm going to say it again. You're developing a belief system from God that, is, that is, has been individually designed for you so that you can believe it and experience it and live in it. And listen to me, you being well is not just about you. You being well is for everybody else, for people that come in, in, into your life and you, across your path and you can share with them how you've done this how you've become well and you've remained well and you stay well, giving God all the glory for it. Can you say amen? I mean, you know what? Sometimes, now this is just my opinion, okay? Everybody say, this is pastor's opinion. This is my opinion, okay? Strictly my opinion. But sometimes people that teach the word and it's working for them, I've heard people at times literally almost take the credit for what they've acquired. (laughs) But for the grace of God, where would any of us be? You understand? Yes, yeah, we have to take the word, and if things are changing in your life, and you're becoming healthier and stronger in, in your life, and things are going well because you're doing something about it, there's credit to it, but it's not like... God needed you to do that so that health and healing would work. 
But we've got, we got to watch that. So, I mean, sometimes I'll hear people say that. You know, well, I'm this and I'm that and it's because of this and because I did this. And I'm thinking, okay, you, you're obedient, but, it, but, but you're not well because you're so sharp. You're well because you're doing the Word. Amen? And what He did in the Word is so precious and vital for us to see and get a hold of and take and make our own. And when it becomes our own... I, it, it's mine, but it is his that he gave to me because I'm doing something with it. So yeah, we play a part in it, but we can't overestimate you know, and overvalue what we do in, in, in putting into it. And, and see, that's another way that you have to teach people. Because when what annoys people sometimes that are really confident in their own abilities and, and, and they're setting themselves up for destruction. You understand, I'm not, I'm not against anybody, I'm just saying. People that are all about themselves and it's all because of them, they're setting themselves up for a fall. Mm-hmm. See, because pride comes before a fall whether you're saved or not. Mm-hmm. Amen. You, you understand? So, so when, when, when I'm well, and, and I'm well because of how great God is, other people need to see me being well, but my grateful attitude towards how great God is. People need to see that in you and I. All the glory is to God. It's not how great of a teacher or great of this or that or whatever that I am or you are. It's how great God is. And the more we stay focused on that, we'll never get our lives over into an attitude or pride or thinking something. Listen, when you're not about yourself that way, man, you can be so much about other people. Where you want to see other people well and healed and healthy and whole and delivered and set free in their lives. Amen? God's, God's healing your body in an amazing way. I, I don't know that there's anything wrong. I just keep hearing it in my spirit. God's healing your body and, and you're anointed to help other people and you're helping a lot of people and you're going to do more of helping people in the name of Jesus. And, and Father, right now I thank you for what you're doing in her as a testimony to how great you are to all the people that she comes in contact with that she is helping. Her heart is to help and to be a blessing. And Father, I just release your anointing and your empowerment on her to prosper in advance and to be well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. James chapter 3. Well, I'm not through with Proverbs 4. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues. One translation says the boundaries of life. Remember, it's not a sickness issue. It's a word issue. It's a heart issue. It's a diligence issue. It's a boundaries issue. I'm I'm, going to read it with that word boundaries again. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the boundaries of life. You know why? Because when the Word of God is in your heart, and that's ruling in your life and not the top of your head, man, you set boundaries up that you will not cross. 
I will not do those things. I will not contaminate my life with things that are going to keep me from walking in divine health and healing and wholeness. You know why? Because we're on a mission to help other people. You're on a mission to help people. You're helping people. And you're on a mission to help people, and that's why our lives have to be right. That's why we have to be obedient people. Listen, this, this thing about being obedient and walking in the truth of the, uh, of the Word of God is not something that is this legalistic law thing, because the power to walk out the Word is in the seed of the Word itself. How many times have I taught you about the fact that the, the, the power to overcome in situations is in the seed itself? The problem is, is, is not the things that we face, it's the lack of the sowing of the seed. He said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand anything else and nothing else is going to make sense and you're going to have all kinds of false ideas about who God is. I knew a guy one time, or I knew of a guy one time, that something really horribly happened to one of his children. And the thing that happened to the child, he, he just said, you know, well, that was just the act of God, and God wanted that child. Gosh! And this guy was a really popular guy, and a lot, lots and hundreds and thousands of people knew him. And when he said that, my heart grieved. It grieved for him, but it grieved for all the people that had taken a lot of things that the person said, and then now they're trying to process why would God allow something like this for some guy that was, in a lot of people's minds, a great preacher or whatever? Why would God allow something like that to happen to that guy's child? And what he said was, God took that child. Now, you know, I don't know. Few people listen to some of the downloads and the messages, and some people could hear this and get really offended. But I can't let that go. I can't tell you how many people came to me when this happened with this guy. And I'm not talking about him in his name and this happened a long, long time ago and it really doesn't matter. But I couldn't let it go. I, I, when people came to me and said, you know, so, so because what's the first thing that's going to happen with something like that when they hear that's the testimony or that that's what happened with God? The first thing that's going to happen is fear is going to set in that God's going to take my kids. God's not the taker of life, he's the giver of life. The thief comes to kill and steal and to destroy. God came that we might have life and have it more abundant. That's not abundant life. That was a situation that was horrible. It was a horrible situation that happened. But that was not God standing there orchestrating that kind of thing right there. Because God was lonely in heaven and just wanted another little child in heaven. That I mean... I can't let that go. We have to teach that that's not the nature of God. We can have compassion, we can love people and pray for people and believe God for people and those kind of things. But listen to me, ugly situations that happen, and there's ugly in life, how many know that? How many have had ugly in your life? I have both hands up, I've had ugly things happen in life, right? Okay, but that's not gonna change the way I believe the word. 
I'm going to get the word on every situation where health and healing or anything else is concerned. I'm going to stand on the word of God. Even when it looks like it's not working, I will stand on the word of God and I will not back off because those that don't quit, they will reap if they don't quit, grow weary, and throw in the towel. I didn't say that ugly things don't happen in life because they do. But I'm believing the Word of God, and I'm standing on the Word of God where horrible, ugly things could happen because the angels of God encamp around about me and my family and my church family and the body here camp around about each and every one of you. They bear, they bear you up in their hands lest anything would come against you. I don't care what it is. Things come, but they don't have to overpower you. Why? Because we believe the Word of God. From the moment that Amanda was conceived in Becky's womb, we spoke the Word over our children. We, we spoke Psalm 91 and the angels of God over them from the moment that our child, first child was conceived. And we've spoken it over their lives and we'll speak it over their lives all their lives. You being a part of this church body, we speak that over you on a daily basis. That the angels of God. But what really matters, what really matters, that's good and that matters. And it's good that you know that an under-shepherd is speaking those kind of things over your life. But what really matters is that you speak it and that you believe that it works. Hmm? Some of you have children that go to school every day and they go out into the world, into the school. Man, I mean, just envision and know that the angels go before them and protect them when they go. I mean, there's all kinds of ugly things happening in school system and things all over the country, see? But if I had little ones and they were going to school, not happening with my kids. No, not with my children. But see, that sounds like I'm insensitive towards the ones that have, that have lost children at schools in America. I'm not insensitive. I'm saying we're stopping this. Every time I hear something like that, even before that, I was already praying before that. It happens, some other town, somewhere else. I'm even more violent about my prayers and how I pray and declare. Huh? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless in the name of Jesus over our children all through Kerr County in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? They're protected. You don't have to be afraid. Unless the Holy Spirit said so, and I'm just saying this in any given situation, the school of anything else, unless the Holy Spirit said so, if my children were going to school today because of what's happening around the country, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep them from going to school unless the Holy Spirit said so. See, because... What would keep you from sending your kids to school unless the Holy Spirit showed you something different? Okay? Did you hear what I'm saying? What would keep you from doing that is fear. And you can't ever do something just out of fear. I mean, you could hold them home for a week because of fear, two weeks, three weeks, go through the summertime, out of sight, out of mind, send them on to school. Not speaking the word, not praying and declaring the angels of God over their lives. 
those kind of things. And what happens? Ugly things happen. We have to be people that are consistent. Our prayers are not just for ourselves, but for other people. But we have to be confident in the things that we're doing. We're doing it because God says we can do it. You understand? On the 3rd of June, we're going to talk about missions for gates of the city, about what a missions outreach looks like for this church in the, in the days and the years to come. And uh, some really great things we're going to do out of this body with missions. And we will only go where God tells us to go. And if God tells us not to go, we won't go. But we, we could be going somewhere and have a trip planned, and there could be, you know, an attack in a nation that we're going to, but God says we continue to go. That's the safest place to be. The safest place you can be is where God tells you to be. In other words, we're not going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Your children will not be in the wrong place at the wrong time when you pray that the angels of God encamp around about him and you declare daily that I hear the voice of God and I do what God says. You can't fail. Can you say amen? So everything that we're talking about tonight, it's a heart issue, it's a word issue. It's dealing from the condition of our heart and how we believe the word of God. Can you say amen? Look at Proverbs. Eighteen and twenty one. Eighteen and twenty one. And this, to me, just confirms it. Everything that we've been talking about tonight, this verse of Scripture confirms it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it will eat its fruit. Everybody say death and life. Okay? So, what we're dealing with day to day is a life and death situation. What you and I deal with every day is life and death. But we've been given the answer in the Word of God how to deal with life and death situations. Death and life are in the power of what I say for my life. And if I embrace it and I love it and it becomes a part of me, I'll eat the fruit of that, whether death or life. Can you say amen? Listen to me. What, to me, what is so real about that, when, when I look at it myself, I look to God, I, I, I look to my sustenance being from God, but I look to the fact that he didn't say life and death for my life is in his hands. Well, whatever God says, no, no, God's already said it all. And I'm not laughing at anybody, I'm just saying that's not it. God's already said it all. He needs you and I being busy saying what he says is so. Because Mark 11, 23 says, whatever I say is so is what will be so in my life. Death and life are in the power of what I say, not in the power of God. Well, you know, it's it's all up to God. It's whatever God says. And, And you have to really think that through because it is what God says 
But we already know from Scripture what God says is so for us in this life. It's not whatever circumstance God says. God says He wants circumstances to change in your and my life, but they won't change until our thinking changes. That's why our foundation Scripture in 3 John 2 has been so vital over the last two months. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, that you're well and wealthy as your thinking changes. If my thinking isn't being developed and changing daily, neither will my circumstances. You can beg and cry and try to, you know, manipulate God and, you know, get mad at God and, 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 and get jealous about what good things are happening in other people's lives and then get mad at God again because good things are happening to other people but it's not happening good to you, but you're not changing the way you think by what you say. Listen to me, remember this. <clears throat> if you're not in control of your own tongue, then you're not in control of anything else. If you're not in control of what you say, you're not developing that and practicing that, then you're not in control of anything else. Now, that sounds good, but man, you got to have scripture and verse on it, right? James chapter 3 and verse 2. James 3 and 2. <clears throat> For we all stumble in many things. And if anyone does not stumble in, in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Watch this in the in the uh, um, Amplified. For we all stumble and fall. This is in the Amplified translation. We all stumble and fall and, and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, what does it say? He never says the wrong things. <laughs> Woo! I mean... All right, the Scripture is saying, Dale, if you never, ever, ever, ever say the wrong thing, then you're in control of your whole body. If you never say the wrong thing, you're in control of your whole body. And yet, in, in this verse a little bit farther down, Look at verse uh, 8. I'm going to read that out of the New King James. Verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, and full of deadly poison. I spent a while really studying this passage of Scripture because it almost looks as though it's contradictory, and people say, well, you know, there's, you know the Bible says you know, nobody can, can control their tongue. And really what he's saying here, if you read this and you look at it from a literal perspective, 
He's saying, I can't control another man's tongue. I can't make Joey control his tongue. So when you hear of other people saying really stupid things and ugly things and critical things, and, and, and you can hear unforgiveness coming out of their mouths, you have no power to stop that, only they do. What you can do is you can share with them the truth of God's word. You can share with them a truth about this. If you'll change that, if you'll change your thinking by beginning to change some of the things that you say so it renews your mind and you begin to change your thinking, you can control your whole body. You realize that if you control what you say, you can control what you eat. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. If you control what you say, you can control what you eat. Well, you know, I, I mean, I just, I didn't mean to eat that half a gallon of Bluebell. You know, I didn't mean to eat it. I knew God really didn't want me to eat it, but I just didn't mean to. And, and, and see, what you're saying over yourself about that is a negative confession <laughs> that you're believing. That not only did you not mean to, but there's no way you can stop yourself. And nobody else <laughs> can stop you from doing things that are not right. And nobody can control your tongue except you. But I can control my tongue, and when I control my tongue, I can control my whole body. Everything. Me. Everything about me. Listen to me. God's desire for us, and I'm going to end with this verse of Scripture tonight. God's desire is that we be healed. And Matthew 13, 15, and I'm going to end with this. And next week, I'm going to, we're going to look at a few more things out of James chapter 3. But I'm in with this in um, Matthew, where did I tell you? 13 and 15. And this is a prophecy of Isaiah. He said, Isaiah prophesied for their hearts, for the hearts of this people. <clears throat> the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. If you and I keep our eyes in front of everything else except God's Word, if you and I keep our ears listening to everything else except God's Word, if you and I don't allow the Word we know to go from our head to our heart, and we don't choose to renew our minds and make changes in our life, then the healing that Jesus paid for cannot work for you and I. I'll say it again. If we choose to keep before our eyes, everything but the Word, or more of the world than more of the Word. Same with our ears. Same with revelation going from the knowledge we have in our head down into our heart. If we choose to keep things like that and we don't make the changes that need to be made, and I promise you, the change starts with the sowing of the Word out of your mouth 
And the power and the strength that you need to be a doer is in the seed of the word itself. I can't say it any more simple than that. The power and the ability for you to do the word is in the seed of the word itself. And nobody can control your tongue except you. And the only way you can control your tongue is if you are a sower first and foremost of the word, as we've talked about tonight. Can you say amen? Because what happens is your thinking changes and the healing that Jesus paid for for you that is available and it's there, you have the ability to receive it. And you will receive it. You'll receive health and healing in your life because the power to receive is in the seed itself. When I confess the word, when I'm confessing the word, I always have to stop in the middle of my confessions of the word to write down revelations that's coming to me. I have, I have, I have six titles of confessions that I make over myself and over my family and over this church body and other people and just different ones that I speak the word over. I have six different categories of things that I speak over every day. Total of that takes to go through it all. If I just sat down and did all of it just like mechanically, it'd take about 30 minutes. But I can't do it mechanically. I, I have to do and a lot, Sometimes I'll do one category and then another one and another one. But as I'm, spe- as I'm speaking the word in those different categories... I always have to stop because one of the things that I say will jump out at me that day. And that one thing that jumps out at me that day, it may stay with me for two or three weeks. And, and for two or three weeks, I'll write something else. I'll call my wife or I'll text her and I'll say, you know what? I just I heard this today. Well, it came out of what I'm confessing. That's how the revelation comes. Listen, when you begin to see that you have a right to be well, and if God's telling you, I want you to quit doing this to your body, I mean, would you stop that thing? The, the power to stop something. How, how many people, they, they start to stop something, and they do it for two weeks, and then they quit? Because you don't have the power to maintain that. The power is in the seed of the word itself, and it empowers you to be the doer God created you to be. See, we, we think that that's, there's all, some people think that's almost ridiculous to think that the seed of the word has that power. You're underestimating it. And Jesus said, if you don't understand this, you won't understand nothing else in life. Nothing. Man, does the world that we live in need this revelation like never before. I mean, the world needs this. And, they, and the world needs this in you.